Hey lovers, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Unless it's Halloween. When everything everything doesn't... Well, I was going to say doesn't make sense. Doesn't make... But maybe it does make sense? It makes about as much sense as everything else does. That's truth. If you've been watching my Instagram tarot readings, you know I went on a whole soapbox about Halloween this mm-hmm. week and about how it's a really crazy holiday in America where we just let all of our shadows out of the shadow closet for one night only. Mm-hmm. We dress up like them and parade around. And then we shove them back in until mm-hmm. next year. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully not to be seen for another year, at least in public. But the true origin of Halloween is a Celtic tradition known as Samhain which mm-hmm. was a festival that was really about honoring the ancestors and that this moment in the wheel of the year is when ostensibly the veil between the living and the dead are the thinnest. So it's when you can connect most easily with your ancestors and the fires and the jack-o'-lanterns, they were created to keep the spirits that you didn't want to engage with away. Right, yeah. Similarly to like All Saints Day where it was really about like, or Dia de los Muertos, it's like a celebration of those who have passed, like you're communing with death. Yeah, well, I think Samhain or Dia de los Muertos or other more traditional celebrations around this time were about growing up your relationship with death, mm-hmm. being in right relationship with death and honoring your ancestors because one day you will be an ancestor right. and you want to be honored in the same way. And I was even reading something really beautiful about Dia de los Muertos, which is that you're not dead truly until... Nobody mentions your name anymore. I know, like in Coco. Oh my God, it's right. Oh, I love that movie so much. Mama Coco. Oh, Mama Coco. Okay, I could just cry thinking about that movie. I love it so much. We're going to watch it this week in celebration. But American Halloween is about, and I think it's funny that it really is like a holiday for children and it like feeds our sugar addiction. And it's because we're all children when it comes to our relationship with death. Like we just ignore it and we deny it. And even like the elderly who are the closest to death, we like hide them away because we don't want to acknowledge the fact that we are mortal and one day we will not be here any longer. So my advice or my gentle encouragement, maybe it's not been so gentle, Scorpio season, what can I say? is just to start to contemplate your own mortality and think about death not as some monster that's coming to get you, but as a gentle healer that will unstick what is stuck in you and take from you those things that are no longer needed. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. But I'm still just going to dress up like a slutty mechanic. Oh, a slutty mechanic, because mm-hmm. that's one of your greatest fears are mechanics. Oh, I mean, they always overcharge you. Exactly. It's terrifying. I don't ever want to have to go to a mechanic. Especially a slutty mechanic, because I would just, I'd be so easily swindled. <laughs> I'd just be like, whatever you say. Yeah. How much? Fine. Do it. Do you accept any other forms of payment? How dare you barter your body to fix your car? <laughs> He's a slutty mechanic. It doesn't mean you got to be a slutty patient. <laughs> customer oh patient oh somebody was thinking about us being a slutty nurse apparently well that's my favorite (laughs) who doesn't love a slutty nurse but again i don't want to end up in the the doctor's office dealing with a nurse my favorite halloween costume was when i dressed up as a slutty mummy because i didn't (laughs) have to invest in that much ace bandages they were strategically wrapped it wasn't your chloe kardashian costume how dare you we're not going there (laughs) we're moving on 
I have no relationship with Halloween and dressing up. If people who know me know this about me. But it really does honestly stem from just being like so paranoid about having to dress up when I was a kid because every time I did, I felt like I was always made fun of. (laughs) So it just brings up terrible memories. Honey, well, we have to reclaim that. We need you to dress up and feel celebrated for it. Uh, I would love that. Should we go to Party City after this? No, we're never going to Party City. (laughs) Just go back to Party City where you belong. Now that, that was Fifi O'Hara to Sharon Needles. Yeah, I know. It was epic. Never An epic forget. takedown. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've uh, honored the week's celebrations. Yeah. And honor your ancestors in whatever way makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Everyone should. Uh, why don't we honor the present moment and ourselves and do a little check-in? Sure. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's Saturday. I'm looking forward to being done with our work so that we can just do nothing, which is something I just like need more and more of these days. I was even thinking about going out to the desert next week. And then I was like, you know what? Even that feels like too much. Like I'm just going to do a staycation and I'm just not going to schedule anything for Wednesday and some of Thursday. And I'm just going to leisure around the house. And just try to replenish all these Scorpio energies, the Mars energy. And it's just, it's a lot. And I feel it. And I just kind of want to like hunker down and just like read books and drink tea and take lots of naps. My therapist last week just like couldn't stop talking about the dark circles under my eyes. And I was like, this feels really unacceptable. I know. You told me that. I was I like, know. that's rude. Like, and he said it like multiple times throughout our session. Like we would, like he would stop talking about his time and be like, are you eating enough? Are you drinking enough water? And of course, I'm not drinking enough water because is anyone ever drinking enough water ever? I'm not. Besides like J-Lo. So she is for sure. Of course. So I'm just uh, realizing that perhaps I'm not taking as good of care of myself as I think I am. You know, it's so easy for me because I'm sober to be like, I'm taking such great care of myself because I'm sober. But that's just like one thing I'm doing for myself. That's not everything. Right. So I have to be a little bit more in my integrity around self-care. And so I'm just trying to attempt all that. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that for you. So bye, everyone. I'm taking a nap right now. Oh, great. Well, then, hi. Welcome to the Angel Lopez Show. How dare you? (laughs) I knew it. All about eving me this whole time. Today, we're going to be interviewing me. (laughs) How are you, though, honey? What's Uh, going on with you? I am, uh, I'm in a state. You are? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I've, I'm in a state of transition and I feel, uh, just how the anxiety is affecting me because I'm working really hard to not be anxious in my head about it, Mm -hmm. but I think it's still working out. I'm having some issues with the lower left half of my body, uh, particularly in my knee and my hip. And there are areas that have been problems for me in the past, but it just seems like that is where stress shows itself for me. And it doesn't, you know, go past me that my knee being the biggest issue, which obviously is like a piece of our body that shows us how to, you know, that offers us flexibility. And... I think it has been hard for me to be flexible with everything that's been going on. So it's just been a lot of like, I've had a lot of growth lessons, I feel like, in the last two 
weeks. Yeah, and these are also ruled by Capricorn, which is mm-hmm. all about structures. Right, which we're in the big are Saturn, changing. Pluto, you know, yeah. Capricorn. But even you personally, conjunction. you're changing your work structure, you're changing your house structure. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean by the state of transition. Yeah. So it's just a lot of different things at play right now. On top of, I think, just like internal stuff and, you know, recognizing areas of myself that I still need to change and step up on and... I also associate my knee pain with the first time I got it, which was when I was involved in a hit and run accident, you know, I was hit by that car that I've talked, I think I've talked about before, um, which was now 18 years ago. But I think I really realized just in this last week or so how little I processed that. And on some level, how much of that pain from that experience I still carry around with me. So I think that that sometimes is on some psycho-spiritual level involved with this pain that I'm still feeling. I mean, not to mention that I might still have like some excess cartilage damage in there that just like never got fully taken care of and cartilage doesn't really heal that well. So on its own. So, uh, so I'm obviously still carrying around some of that pain that I'm doing my best to release. Well, what a great season to let it all go. Yeah. Right. Just like being like the depths of your psychological wounds that ultimately are on some level connected to your spiritual self. And that I think is like the core of Scorpio. My mom shared something with me last night that I hope she will be cool with me sharing with everybody else. Oop. But she was just talking about, she had an amazing healing with this healer in her neighborhood. And she was talking a little bit about, as somebody who has battled with depression for her whole life, she knows what it feels like when that dark hole starts to open up. And she knows how to like use her tools to like stay on the edges of it or what have you. And in this healing, the healer said, I'm going to be with you every step of the way, and I want you to go into that dark hole. I want you to go all the way into its depths. Wow, and did she? Yeah, and she said at the bottom was the most beautiful crystal garden she had ever seen in her entire life. I've never even seen a crystal garden. That sounds gorgeous. So I think it's a really beautiful image for Scorpio season that it's like we're afraid of what we think is at the depth of our fear or our shame. But really, if we would just take the invitation and get all the way to the bottom, there's something more beautiful than you can imagine, something you've never seen before. It's like the little phrase that came to mind for me that I shared on Instagram this week, which is, you know, Halloween themes that, you know, we think there's a monster at the door when it's really just a kid in a mask asking for some candy. Totally. Yeah. So you think it's a monster inside yourself and it's just a little kid asking for some attention. Exactly. Asking for your love. Asking for a Snickers. God, I haven't had a Snickers in a long time. Well, I ain't going to support that. (laughs) But, well, that's beautiful, though. So thanks, Mom. Thanks, Tammy. Uh, Speaking of Southern California women, (laughs) since my mom is 
a woman who lives in San Diego. You really worked that segue. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> Should we slide into a dose of reality? Not that my mom has anything in common with the Real Housewives of Orange County. Let me just be clear. But she would be a Real Housewife of San Diego. San Diego. For sure. And she does watch the Real Housewives of Orange County. We do enjoy getting to talk about it. All right. Should we slide into a little dose, dose of reality? reality. All right, so I think we should just continue our discussion from our last dose of reality because she's merited it. Dr. Deb. The problematic Dr. Deb. She showed up again at the uh, OC Fashion Week, which is really just a runway on a boat. Yeah, it's a very small fashion week, but a fashion week nonetheless. Dr. Deb is the mother of the new housewife, Bronwyn. Yes. Dr. Deb is problematic because she is somebody who, in my opinion, based on the way she's been edited, engages in <laughs> spiritual bypass. Yes, Which is, you know, using your spiritual skills to avoid growth and transformation. And I feel like that was in... Uh rare high form for her yeah she was really acting out yeah she was expecting special treatment because her granddaughter was one of the designers Mm -hmm. and she just like walked into a like roped off area of the boat to use the bathroom and a security guard like tried to keep her out and she like flipped out and by the way that was not a security guard he was actually one of the sponsors no he was like a major real estate person who was paying for part of that fashion week which i've later now learned wow in all of my deep diving that i do on the real housewives so he was actually like you know so the fact that she just like immediately like just assumed he was a security guard based on the color of his skin i believe so yeah shows her own problematic perceptions of reality yeah well he also claimed that she used like the extremely negative derogatory word. No, stop it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me, considering this is a woman who wears a necklace all the time that says medicine woman. Exactly. So, so Dr. Know. Deb, get it together. Yeah, none of that is, you know, been confirmed, but even still, I mean, he said he said she said it, and I wouldn't put it past her. But she was definitely a monster, but not uh, the highlight of that episode. The highlight of that episode was Karen, who was one of the hosts of the OC Fashion Week, who basically came after... Dr. Deb and Bronwyn and basically all of the Real Housewives because she obviously was over the whole situation and over like not getting to be the star of the show. And so she confronted them all about it and everything that they were doing and all the ruckus they were making. And she was hysterical. If if any of you saw it, you definitely know who and what I am referring to. And do you remember when she hit Kelly Dodd on the chin with her microphone? And Kelly Dodd was like so upset about it. And that was to her just desserts after hitting Shannon Bedore over the head with a crystal singing yeah. bowl. And Gina. But she hit Gina too, remember? Oh, right. She did hit <laughs> Gina. Oh, man. Yeah. My favorite moment was when Karen was like, defamation, defamation. <laughs> just because they were like saying all, saying all these terrible things about her to her face. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. so glad I'm watching it this season <laughs> after saying I was done with this franchise i'm so glad yeah i'm glad you're watching it too because i'd be sad to be hooting and hollering by myself yeah it's bringing a lot of joy and then the other franchise which we're watching is below deck i know your favorite oh with stewardess kate who is my favorite stewardess i'm sorry hannah but kate's the original she's the queen of capricorn as far as i'm concerned and she makes great television 
Yeah, and she's going to have a walk off the boat at some point yeah, this season. They've been te- a, teasing it. Yeah, I mean, of course she'll walk right back on, but she knows how to of make course. good TV. Yeah, she's no fool. And Thailand looks like the most gorgeous celestial cosmic ocean realm I've ever seen in my it entire does. life. It does. It does make me really want to go to Thailand. I mean, I've never been like, oh, I'd love to have a yacht in like the Mediterranean, but I would love to be on a yacht in Thailand to go to all those secret beaches and just to... Mm-hmm. Watch those sunrises and sunsets and be beautiful. But it looks hot and sticky. Well, I'm sure during the summer months it is. It probably gets a little cooler in the winter. Yeah, I'd be afraid that I would end up like poor Brandy. <laughs> Just <laughs> Brandy is one of the guests that they have had on their current charter. And she She is showed up. She showed up messy. like drunk as a skunk, mm-hmm. basically a walking blackout. And she pretty much... Uh, has been in that state the whole time she's been on the boat. No, now she's in a black hole. Yeah. And they practically just had to carry her off of a private island because she couldn't even stand. Well, I think it was heat stroke. Yeah, brought on by drinking nothing but rosé. Yeah. Like, you do have to drink some water, Brandy. Yeah, so true. Uh, All right, well, that was our... Little brief dose of reality. Yeah, because we really want to get into this episode's spirit talk. We are truly honored to have been able to engage Dominic in conversation. He is an incredible intuitive and healer and truly someone who not only works with the angelic realm, but really carries that energy with him wherever he goes. He blessed us and blessed our space with just his willingness to be here. And so... Yeah, he's a magnificent intuitive, and we know him best for... Uh, doing these phenomenal crystal singing bowl sound baths all around the Los Angeles area. Uh, so if you are ever in LA, you definitely want to take part. But yeah, super excited to share this conversation with you. So I'd say without further ado, we should just jump into this week's Spirit Talk. So we are very blessed here today to welcome Dominic Moore into the spirit room. So Dominic, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for traveling cross town, which is no small feat, (laughs) especially here in Los Angeles. Oh, my pleasure. And um, a little personal history, which I'd love to share just right off the bat, is that, you know, Dominic is many things, an intuitive first and foremost, and a healer and also a master of the crystal bowls. Mm -hmm. And when Angel and I were planning our wedding almost three years ago, I I couldn't figure out anything that I wanted for our wedding except for two things. I knew that it had to be in the desert, and I knew that you had to play the crystal bowls (laughs) during the ceremony. Those were the only two things I knew. And so you schlepped all of your bowls out to the (laughs) desert for us. And we built our entire ceremony around it. Oh <laughs> my goodness. No. Yeah. But it was amazing. I mean, you were playing the bowls as people entered and really creating just like the energy of the environment. It was so perfect. It could be felt. Yeah, it was really. And the nature of the desert reflected that. It reflected your union and your connection, which people could feel as well. But it was really lovely for a lot of people who have never even experienced the bowls. Yeah. How many came up to me afterwards and said that was just beautiful and that they actually, more than just hearing it, that they felt it. So it was just really amplifying the wonderful union that you guys had with each other as well as with the earth and everyone present. Mm. So just to amplify that was just an honor. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And then on another personal level, I met Dominic, it's over six years ago, when I stumbled upon your weekly sound baths at the House of Intuition wow, in Echo Park. that long, really? And I, for the most part, would come every Tuesday without fail. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I look back at being divinely guided to your sound baths as a serious initiation for me. I mean, it wasn't long after I started going to your sound baths that I quit smoking cigarettes for the first time, which I could not have done without those weekly sound baths. I mean, that was restructuring me on the deepest possible level. Beautiful. And then from there on out, you know, it was one awakening after another. And so it's so interesting when you look back and you see like, oh, I was being prepared for this all along the way. Right. So I just have so much gratitude for the portals you have Mm. opened up for me. Um, So I'm grateful for you uh, responding to the call, the guidance of your soul. Girl, I didn't even know what I was responding to at the time. (laughs) You know, I was just like, I have to go every Tuesday. This is like my office. And if I don't go, I know I'm going to feel some kind of way. And your presence was missed when... Mm. Because you were so regular and what you were growing into and your essence and your energy of all that potential was being felt mm-hmm. too. So, yeah. And my like you... duffel bag of crystals that I would bring every time. <laughs> like it would take me like 15 minutes to set up. <laughs> Basically bringing your whole room, your altar yeah, yeah, just... into the space. <laughs> the traveling spirit room yeah. into the space. Exactly. And your special blankets. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which had to be on point. So of true. course. And just... It was really an honor to to witness the change and just to be a part of the growth. I mean, that's my my mission is really wanting to empower people, not to whatever agenda I have, but really to find their true essence, their sole purpose, and their passion and desire, and then, yeah, move into that. Well, and that's what's so amazing, I think, about the bowls especially, is that it's not an intellectual process at all. Like there's no story you can build around it. Other healings, I think you can create stories around, or you're like, this happened or that happened. But with the bowls, it's so experiential and it's happening on such a deep energetic level and happening, I feel like in so many different planes, like so much, like I'll always say to you, like the best sound bass, it's like, I disappear. I don't know where I go. And then somehow I managed to find my way back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, something important happened, but I don't even have the beginnings of a story around it. And I think that's perhaps what makes it so profound feeling i think is the the best indicator for our experience it it's not in our head that's where there's no story it's all in the feeling and people will ask me you know who've come to my sound bath and say oh well, can you explain to my friend what what you do what this is and i said all the explanation is not going to do it it's not going to really match your own personal experience of when you come here. You can't even tell anyone else, this is what's going to happen, and then you're going to feel this, and then this will happen. Everyone has their own personal experience, which mm-hmm. is wonderful about that. We're, we have a common denominator of how we're built, but there still is the uniqueness of like what we res- resonate with. Some are more visual. Some are more sensitive to sound or feeling. Like no shakes. Yeah. Like, very sensitive very to sound. Very sensitive to sound over here. <laughs> so it's wonderful to reach people into their expansiveness, hmm. into that consciousness and unconsciousness where we have a hard time putting words to, where that fails us, which can actually be an obstacle into really connecting. 
by trying to funnel into, let me make this logical instead of just feeling into and receiving and trusting what you feel. Yeah, I feel like creating a relationship with spirit is on some level just creating a relationship with energy and learning yeah. to understand just your own self as an energetic being and the energy you bring in, which is what I love about the sound, you know, about these sound baths is the energy you receive, like learning how to feel that the sound, the, the energy of sound yes. gives you permission yes, to like just lay there and sort of start to integrate that experience into your life. Discover the moreness of you, mm -hmm. the allness of you and you can tap into the subtleties and recognize that, yes, if indeed everything is a vibration and is putting out a frequency, it's like everything is, is participating in my existence and in my experience. It's like, how much are we denying that we just put off to the side and ignore because we're just saying, oh, that's just noise. When it's like, no, what part of yourself is speaking to you in the most subtle way? And then you have those spaces of meditation, quiet meditation, or in a sound bath, where it helps you to really connect to that vibration and that frequency, where all of a sudden it's like, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Now you can finally hear me, but with all this cacophony of what society is bringing through, or with the media, or with electronics, it's like, that's a great distraction to keep us from really tapping into that real subtle, you know, gift that's our essence that's within us. And part about spirit and energy it's i i don't know i don't have the answer of like what is god or great spirit um higher self but it comes down into what is if is it just energy mm -hmm. and that too i feel where our human selves are attributing some archetypes f to help us to digest and have some way of explaining to our human mind what this is. And there's a history of that with different cultures to guide us into that, to have something, a way of communicating and describing our experiences with this energy to call it spirit or God. It's all vibration. Yeah. It's like, and I don't think vibration has a gender. That's the beautiful thing about that too. Totally. It's right. like it just comes in. It's not he or she. It's like you feel it. Yeah. It can have the sensations of a feminine feel. It can have the sensation of, oh, this is masculine energy. Right. But that doesn't mean that you label it as such. And that's just the the beauty of the space of I love to be in. That's That's my world of just really honoring that freedom of just being instead of trying to categorize and say, this is what I'm supposed to. And that is a challenge. I'm still like, as I'm evolving and growing into new things, you know, reminding myself to say, is this what you're supposed to be doing? Or what do you want to do? Hmm. Where's the part of where you're feeling like I'm supposed to be this intuitive healer. So I have to be this way or I have to follow this path instead of truly just honoring what my heart wants to do and feel, feels guided to do that. So it's so interesting, even in something that can be really beneficial and seem glorious, it's like, oh, what a wonderful opportunity to be 
a spiritual guide for someone and then this is what you do, you can get locked into some limiting constructs of like, well, then that means I can only meditate on these days and I can only have playtime one day a week or something like that, you know? You get locked into reading all these metaphysical books, spiritual books, and it's like, when was the last time I just read a regular book? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I've been there. That would be nice. (laughs) Or even listening to some regular music. Instead of, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to listen to the chants or the drone of sound bowls or whales all the time. As much as I love living there, it's easy because it feeds my soul. But it's still, it's not the allness. I'm like almost compartmentalizing myself into one niche. And then that's where I get locked into, am I just being who I think I'm supposed to be? Or am I truly being me? So there's this constant reevaluation with the benefit of having a new day. It's like sunset, put out my intentions. Okay, spirit, higher self, I want to be open to who am I? Where am I going to go? You know, and just to give that surrender, give permission, like you said earlier, that's just a strong key word. If we give ourselves permission, then what can come through? It's so powerful. Yeah. So, um, so I'm curious, how did you come to intuitive work to begin with were you always intuitive growing up or yeah, were you like a psychic kid um looking back on it there were some signs of some psychic things going on the the one that stands out the most is the hearing the voices basically like being in the shower as a kid and then having to turn the shower off because I thought I heard my mom calling me. Mm. Or I heard it's like someone keeps calling my my name. And I would several times, this would happen many different nights, that I would just like to the point where not just turning off the shower, like grab my towel and run out into the room and go, Who's calling me? Hello? It's like thinking it was my sisters or my mom. Nope. Then I go back in and it just came to the part where I just got used to hearing my name while I was in the shower and just hear these voices going on and saying okay, well, it's not harming, and I just let it go. Yeah. So, but I didn't move into think much of it until later on when I reflect on it, and I go, oh, yeah, I was here in spirit already. Mm-hmm. I was being interdimensional at an early age already. Yeah, that really came through. Um, where it started, um, I really can't pinpoint that. You know, I'm I'm sure I would be incorrect as far as from the spirit perspective going. <laughs> uh, no, you did. You're right, exactly. It was like right at this time. You were three years old. Yeah, you of know, course. And I'm like, no, it was somewhere where I was like 27, maybe or something, doing a lot of um, just research into. I was just fascinated with knowing that there's something beyond us. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that. Um, being raised Catholic, um, that was, I felt some part expansive spiritually, but limiting at the same time, which was ironic. So there was some parts that I could take and I could feel it like, this is really speaking to me. And then other parts where I go, oh, I'm not feeling that. It doesn't make sense. So I just came to the point as an adult that I wanted to really have the opportunity to give myself permission to find out for myself and that what was just fed to me and just did research into different, you know, um, types of 
um, religious practices as well as um, meditations. Um, and I think where things started to really turn was when I was looking more into the occult. Mm-hmm. And that was just such a negative, scary word. Don't, yeah. don't do that. That's bad stuff. But as I was, everything seemed to be referencing as I dug deeper into the different religions and going to where origins were and with the pagans and then seeing where there was so much of this naturalism that was just coming from the earth, from the Native Americans and from the Aztecs and all these indigenous um, cultures, um, the Celts too. It was just it seemed like there was this common ground, even though it was done in different mannerisms, different languages, it seemed to always come to the same like kind of tree of life idea, which is branching out. And that fascinated me. And then there was that connection of talking to spirits, being guided, you know, we've talked about ghosts. And so it was like everything kept going towards the occult and discovering all these varied stories that were documented over time, on different parts of the earth, I go, I don't understand why is this not accepted? Why is this suppressed? (laughs) And it's not acknowledged. And even to this day where, I mean, people will commonly say they walked into the room and felt a spirit or felt funny. And then it's like, and then just blow it off and just think that's weird when it's like, okay, we're all experiencing that, or we know someone who has experienced it, then there's books for years that have been written about it, yet we're still putting it off as, no, that's weird, and that doesn't happen, and it's not right. real. Yeah, it was just me. Yeah. It's like, actually, no, everybody's, <laughs> a lot of people have had that experience. Yeah. So it, it, it's a weird part where it just stays in a certain box. Like, we can all share and say, yeah, we've experienced or know someone who's experienced this, but... I'm not going to acknowledge it as something real or tangible right. to go from. Um, through those, through that research and searching, um, it just made me a little bit more susceptible when you, you, it's like tuning into that vibration. It's like you're opening yourself up to more things to come through, like opening or like I, I was moving my transistor radio from AM to FM mm-hmm. and just reading and opening up my vibration to these words and these books. And I think because of my romantic connection with Catholicism and the angels, that was a strong thing that I always connected with and felt strongly with as a child growing up. So when that would occur in some of my um, research, I really gravitated to that really strongly and just started to really dive in more into the curiosity about how did angels appear not just to America, but in all different cultures, because they're not just for us. <laughs> it was, it's so I'm like, what is it to the world as far as how they would be perceived? And it just came stronger to me that I felt like there still was a human aspect of dictating, saying, these wings. It's just an interpretation. It's still not the true essence of what this energy or these beams of light are coming through. And so when I would get my own personal imagery, when I would do my meditations, it was always as light. Hmm. And so that's where I said, okay, that's nice that it's been painted beautiful with the wings and everything. And I love it too. It's gorgeous. But it was, it was nice to acknowledge what comes through in my own for me. And to acknowledge that something isn't 
doesn't have to replicate myself in the human form for me to identify with it and trust in that energy sense of light and that frequency of light of what it comes through that way. Um, and then that led me to speaking with the angels, this small paperback book by mm -hmm. Claire Prophet. And that's, that was the turning point. I read that, um, had a list of affirmations dictating, you know, what angel represented, what colors they represented. This is the affirmations you use to connect with them, to bring their energy into you, your sphere of awareness. And I, if you wanted protection, if you wanted guidance, if you wanted illumination, courage, you had an angel for each one. And so diving into that was fun. And I also could feel the presence. It was enhancing my meditations. It was enhancing my connection to the subtleties of what I could feel from what a tree or a plant's vibration was giving off. And after, I would say, just two weeks of really taking time to understand what does this word mean and why is it associated with this particular energy of this particular angel. And I can't tell you how so simple, but how profound to feel and no take notice of what every word really means and feels and to then to put that energy into it so that when I spoke it, it really was felt and it w I knew it was received and I could feel it back. And that's what I think increased the speed of the connection of where they're not just coming in for me, but connecting with a bond, a strong connection for myself. And to the point where then I could really recognize that my hearing the voices became a lot stronger. It was freaking mm. me out a lot more because it was like, this sounds like it's exterior. It's not just in my head. Right. And now I'm concerned about, I'm ready for the loony bit. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> that's, that was a, a real concern for me. But that same voice had like, in one instance that I remember vividly was when I was riding my bike and approaching um, the intersection and it was red and it had just turned green. So I wouldn't have to break. I was going to keep going. And I heard this yell of like, stop. Mm. So I'm like, but I have the right away. But I said, okay, I'm, it was so jarring that I slammed on the brakes and in the other direction, a car ran the red light. So I just thought, who said that? Yeah. Thank you for saving me from that potential accident. And so at that point, then I was just like, you know, I'm going to trust the voices. It's nothing to suppress. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something great to welcome. And I... I share this with my mom on a regular basis on my journey and th the wonderful experiences that I was gaining from working with the angels. And she had a friend who knew someone who was an angel communicator. And she kept hearing these stories that from my mom telling her about me. And she said, you know what? I'm going to get you a gift of a reading, a phone reading, half hour for my mom and a half hour for me. 
just so because your son keeps talking about these angels and, you know, he should probably communicate with them a little <laughs> yeah. bit deeper. So when my mom told me about this gift, I was so excited. And she said, wait, I have to tell you something. When my friend spoke to the angel communicator and said that she wanted to gift the session, she said, well, what are their names? And she gave my mom's name. And then when she said my name, the angel communicator said, wait, I have to talk to him. And that's what I think inspired even further for my mom's friend to actually gift the session for us. So when I heard that, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, am I in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) So it, it was really a great opportunity because I had a long list of questions about the different things that I was seeing, like these lights that would come around or the shapes of animals or feeling like my body was being guided by another hand. Like my, it it was like my hand is moving before I think about it. So, and then sometimes it's not that internal feeling of my hand moving. It's the feeling like someone is taking my hand and moving it. So I'm like, this is really strange. So (laughs) to have a chance to ask what this all is, um, and to get the answers about basically all souls here have our basic set group of spirit guides that are with us at different times of our lives. So we're never alone. So that was, that, that felt good. And then she was saying, there's parts where you've been here on this planet before. And so that's why it seems familiar. You're doing things your body remembers from past lives, but you don't remember it consciously in this life. So it it is you, but it's not this you in this lifetime. Mm. And then, yes, then there are the guides that are externally saying, well, you called us here, you're asking for assistance, so we're going to guide you as well that way too. So that was reassuring. And she said, no, there's, it's all light. It's all good. And then when I finished asking all my questions and had that acknowledged, she said, okay, well, I had to speak to you because you're supposed to be a healer and you were supposed to be one a long time ago. And you have nine days to (laughs) honor that. And it's like, you have a choice because we all have free will, but you kind of don't because your soul is here for this reason. Wow, she gave you a deadline too, nine days. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but why the the limitation on that? And she said, you need the time to process and figure out what you choose to do. Either way, what you choose, it's your choice. You can choose not to, to do it. You can ignore it, but then that becomes, turns into a burden. So she was like, it kind of isn't like a choice, but yes, you do have a choice. So it's like, listen to your soul, listen to your heart. And and you accepted that in that moment? No, I, <laughs> I, I needed nine days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really like, how is this going to change my life when I start to accept this something like part of what I will start sharing with the world, which is really scary about where so much judgment in this world, right? And first to really quickly say, something's wrong with you. Well, we'll just lock you up. That's not the right way of thinking. So it's like already being a young black man 
in this country. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to come out and say, I hear voices and I'm working with spirit and angels. And it's like, no, I didn't go through any doctrine. It's like, I don't have a mentor. There's no priest who like gave me the okay to do this. And you're telling me that I'm supposed to be a healer. Mm -mm. Nope. That's not me. (laughs) Don't want to take on that responsibility. I, I'm not sure if I can handle, you know, what's, what's going to come at me with that. Um, but there was this undenying feeling. I mean, there was the part that I could not ignore that was in my heart. When I was reflecting, I guess, knowing how much of an empath I am and feeling so much pain from the planet and from people that I would want to make a difference with that. So um, it was like really putting aside myself and saying, what does my heart really want to do? And reflect in my life, when was I happiest? And it was whenever, really being um, in the service of others, just helping other people to shine, to see their light. And um, wow, uh, we've all experienced pain or abandonment, or loneliness, or um, not knowing why I'm here, what am I supposed to do, what am I supposed to be. And that chance to offer that, knowing how that feels, to give that to someone else, and thinking that if you have that support and that perception, then could that not change your life and lead into something more of compassion instead of hate or, you know, indifference and competition and really, you know, be more open and healing and connecting from that. So it's just, it's boggling me right now because it's not like I haven't spoken about this before, um, but in this moment, clearly... It struck a chord to even where I'm at in my life now to really acknowledge as I'm wanting to acknowledge, you know, get out of who am I supposed to be and really coming back to really acknowledging all my gifts and what I have to offer for fear of being prosecuted or tortured because of past lives experience so many colleagues I know and some who aren't even practitioners still will share getting glimpses of this feeling of not wanting to honor these super gifts that come through because of this fear and then connecting to some type of past life prosecution so that's that's very real and how that still carries through into your um into the future physical experience of your new life. Yeah, I can share. I've had that same experience 
myself. I was young, my early 20s, and experienced major anxiety attacks around death and was convinced I was going to die any moment and was gifted a past life reading. Hmm. And in that was told, you know, you've died many past lifetimes very young because of your spiritual gifts and for speaking them out. Yeah. Yeah. And so your, your energy is just convinced that this is your time, but your spirit says that now you have the opportunity to, to live a life and honor them and share them. So I completely relate to that just almost sometimes unconscious inability to feel so vocal about what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, there is probably some residual feeling around don't see me. Right. I have to move through the shadows. Yes. Yeah. In order to do this or else someone will come and, and get me. Right. Yeah. So I completely understand that feeling. The angel communicator did tell me um, when I did acknowledge in nine days, I called her to give her my answer and say, yes, Uh I'm willing to, you know, honor this. And she said, you will, um, you're to be a leader, but you're not going to want to do it. And you're going to want to do it undercover. And that's okay. You can be an undercover leader. And I said, that's fine. I'd rather do that. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, I've I've taken that, taken that on. Even feel like I didn't really want to say that. (laughs) I'm glad you did, though. I'm putting it out there. (laughs) Yeah, I think you are an undercover leader. For sure. I've experienced that firsthand. So, yeah, so I have a question for both of you, because it seems as though you both have had about 20 years now of experience working with your intuitive gifts in some way, shape, or form. Angel, you talked about being in your early 20s, and Dom, you talked about it being about 19 years ago or so. And so I'm just wondering for each of you, if you could get that version of yourself on the phone or in front of you, what would you tell them to help prepare them for their journey ahead, because I think it will help anyone who's listening that's also at the beginning of their journey. The immediate part is I would want to share any tools to really diminish the fear. That's the number one, to like, you're really okay and safe. Trust yourself. You can trust yourself. You're okay. And I would encourage that it's okay to share what I was going through, to to talk with people. Definitely find the like-minded trust in the the ones who are receptive to it. But I think in my past experience, even those who were of like minds, I still had a reserve because I couldn't find something that made me feel safe, that it was, they had something that I experienced and that they were still going to maybe judge me or say, that's weird. Um, so the, the only thing that I found that maybe slowed down my process was fear mm. and not trusting myself. Mm. So I would encourage the creative imagination that's there because in that creativity and in the passion, you lose the fear. 
because you're so in alignment. So whatever it is that really brings that joy, I would tell myself, go closer to the joy. Don't worry about the fear. What is the part about all of this that is really magical? What really lights you up? And move into that more. Do continue the affirmations, build that bond stronger so that it's it's undeniable to the point where nothing can dissuade you and you're you're totally firm in your connection and in your faith for how you want to move forward to all the magicalness that comes through. Yeah. That's beautiful. Definitely. <laughs> and you, babe? Yeah. No, I mean I think you said a lot of things that I would also feel uh around fear and judgment. Uh, yeah, I think it, if anything, I, at first I would say, well, yeah, you are weird. So lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's what makes you brilliant. Right. And, and that's around judgment and fear. And I guess if anything else, I would say to him, do your best to not, look for others to validate what you're going through along the lines of what you were saying about your experience and that fear of, Oh, well, you know, they're going to come lock me up or all of these yeah. things that if anything I've learned is I have to trust my own experience. That's just how I know. And I think I did spend a lot of time looking to outside sources to validate what I was feeling or if I was gifted enough or smart enough or uh, spiritual enough and I would I would urge him to not waste so much time on that and to really spend more time cultivating the connection with his own inner voice and his own sense of self-worth and validation. Well, and I, I think people that are listening who are starting to open up to their own potentials as healers or intuitives to hear someone who's been doing it for so long and has such a beautiful way about doing it, affirm that you need to learn from yourself first and foremost, mm -hmm. like you are your own greatest teacher and your relationship with your intuition or the divine presence as you connect to it is what will move you forwards. And I just want to say, like, I think there are as many forms of healing as there are healers in the mm -hmm. world. And maybe even every healer has many forms of healing. Yes. And sometimes I even feel like the uniqueness of the healing is based on who's in front of me because my frequency combined with their frequency yes. creates this one time only. Yes form of healing. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of when we were in Chile and we met with this incredible healer who lived on the edge of the desert. And she was this kind of wild, magical woman. And she said to me, she said, whenever you are healing someone, you are healing yourself. Mm -hmm. Everyone who sits across from you is you. And you were speaking to that as well. And so I just wanted to affirm that for everybody. Yeah, wonderful. And then I just want to know, so when was the first time you played a bowl and did you know that that was you entering into a new space of heal of your healing self oh good question um so when my friend sandy duncan 
she's the one who mentioned crystal singing bowls to me and asked me, have I ever experienced them? I said, no, what are they? And my heart chakra is spinning out of control right now. I need to have one. What are you talking about? And she explained that they're based on the Tibetan Himalayan bowls, but they're not metal, that they're quartz crystals, and they're attuned to each of the chakras. And then my heart chakra was just going even more crazy. And I said, Sandy, I need to experience this. And she said, yeah, this guy comes over to the Church of Truth, you know, like once a month on a weekend and you come and experience it. You have to. It's crazy. And then other people, the other friends that I met at the church, they would talk about it too. And um, it just wasn't in my destiny to experience it. Um, I went three years before I got a chance to experience it live. I, I was able to find a CD on it and I basically meditated and slept with that for two years, which was just, it spoke to my soul. That really, um, in hindsight, that was part of the preparation of where Sandy initiated the spark of recognize what your soul is here for and what it resonates with. And now let's get yourself prepared for the vibrations that they want to work with me at until I actually am introduced to one of my um, clients. Because I put the word out to everyone saying... <laughs> I want to experience these crystal bowls live. And she found someone, um, this gifted uh, sound practitioner, um, Phyllis Douglas out in Glendora. And um, I went to her and experienced her sound bath. And my first experience was no words to this day can... And you've all been there, so, <laughs> you know. It was really a shift changer for me to recognize that everything that I was working with the angels on my own with meditation was now coming into a more visceral experience. And I wanted more. So I, I went to her Friday evening sound bath. It was every week for like eight months. And then um, there came a time when she was selling summer for bowls because she was transitioning into just doing metal and said, I'm going to you know, sell these six bowls. And I was like, hello, mm -hmm. me. <laughs> I've been wanting these for like three years and now it's time. So um, I acquired the six bowls. Definitely there was some in her energy. They were cultivated so beautifully. And um, I didn't know this at the time because I could tell you when I took them home and trusting my intuition, I was guided only to work or interact with three of them. And so the other three were just still in their packages. And then um, I just basically listened to them. Like I meditated and asked, so this is my intention that I want to heal myself to be a clear vessel to empower people, communities, the earth, the cosmos and be in full alignment with that. And I want to um, bring in the proper vibrations for that. And I picked up the wand and know, know that I never watched Phyllis play. I never saw how the bowls were played before. So I just, there were two different wands. One was a suede and one was rubber. 
and I picked up the suede and I was guided to just three times to initiate. There's a magic in threes. So it just felt like initial of like acknowledging, which I attributed to my like meditation saying, I'm honoring my, my present self right now. There's the first one. The second one, now I'm honoring my inner child, my past. Bring in, invite that in. And then the third was, now I'm acknowledging my superconscious, my soul. And invite that in. And then I just started to um, gently rub the, the initiator <laughs> sound around the rim of the bowl. And the vibrations that came out, I will have to say that I was pretty giddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, uh, it was really powerful and beautiful. And I, I basically, I think I only played that one bowl, even though I had the other three for a few days. And just each day, I just approached it the same way. So um, I'm here, you know my intentions, what do you have to teach me? And then I would play, and it just became more where then I realized the other bowls wanted to sing and wanted to be played, and then I would bring that in. And then one bowl only wanted to be played with the rubber mallet, did not like the suede mallet. I said, okay, I'll honor the the energy of what you want to be brought in as. So... So that was my point at that time. I was just thinking, I'm just being divinely guided. They're, they're teaching me how to play. And um, five years later, it dawned on me that the sound bowls I was listening to in my meditations from the CD was prepping me, letting my soul and my past life experience go, remember this? Let's come back into this frequency. And even though I didn't physically watch Phyllis, how she held a container, and to be in her presence, I picked that up. And those, since those are the very bowls that I was receiving from in that healing, I believe they were downloading what I needed. So that's why it seemed, appeared to me that, I don't know how I'm doing this. How do I know how to play this? I don't even know how to hold the wand, but yet <laughs> they're guiding me. My body's guiding me to do it in that way. And it was all prepped up. It was all coming together, all different forms. It's a beautiful co-creation. So, yeah, thanks for asking that. Yeah. <sighs> Should we let Dominic pick a tarot card? Yeah. So we end every episode by pulling a card for all our listeners. So we'll just take a moment and just tune in. So for all of our listeners, you can connect to the cards just by hearing me shuffle them. And just know that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this podcast. And also, if you have a question, if you're seeking clarity around a certain issue or in a certain realm of your life, you can ask the cards right now to deliver you the message that you need to hear, the highest truth that you are able to receive at this time. All right, I'm going to go spread them out for Dominic so he can choose one. 
Well, no surprise, Dominic picked the magician for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And interesting, too, that the magician holds a wand, but it could also be (laughs) the mallet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they call them, wands. They call them wands, so there you go. So the magician is allowing yourself to be a channel for divine energy, allowing yourself to husband the magic, right? Like the magician doesn't make the magic. The magician is the vessel for the magic. And so it's always an invitation when we pull the magician card to consider what is the magic that we want to make with our lives. And of course, creatives of all kinds, writers and actors and painters and musicians love this archetype of the magician because it is that channeling of something larger than yourself into a container that you can give to the world. And so it's really a question card. The magician shows up and it asks you at the beginning of your journey, what is it that you want to create? What is the story you want to tell with your life? What do you want to bring to the rest of the world? And it's a challenging question because we have to sink beneath a lot of the programming that tells us all we really want is just to be like rich or famous or have a million Instagram followers. And the truth is, is that we each and every one of us want something unique underneath all of that. Getting what you want is actually pretty easy. It's figuring out what you want in the first place that is the challenge. And so I would encourage you as we start to move into the deeper and deeper waters of Scorpio season to move through your fear and get to the bottom of what it is that you want so that you don't spend your life creating something that you don't really want from your soul's deepest point in the first place. And that we all of us can create magic, not by forcing it, but by allowing it, by opening ourselves up to channel the magic that is inherently around us at all times. You are a magician. So start acting like one. I am a magician. You're a magician. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Dominic. I know. Perfect. everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Dominic, thank you so much oh, for joining us, for sharing pleasure. everything. Yeah. And we've had the pleasure of experiencing healing from you. But if people out there are, want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? You can DM me on Instagram, Crystal Sonic Journey, or um, they can send an email to me on lightworker.dom. D-O-M at gmail.com. Amazing. And you can get on his newsletter, which lets you know where he is playing the sound bowls, and you'll probably see me there. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, if you have not experienced uh, a sound bath healing, I definitely recommend it. And if you are able to experience experience one with Dominic, then I highly recommend that. Highly, highly. So also, we just want to give a big thank you to all of our gazers out there for listening and tuning in and opening up your hearts and your minds and your third eyes and your crown chakras to receiving these offerings. And a big thank you to Juan Diego for all of the technical sound elements that allow us to sound so good coming through these radio waves, Mm -hmm. no longer AM or FM, but satellite. Yes. A big thank you to Justin Simeon for the interstitial musics that deliver the beats. So until next time, my loves, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.